Hello, Olive Branch. Uh, my name is Dr. Terrell Sales. Uh, I've been going to Olive Branch for about a year now, actually a year to today. And I'm very happy to be here along with my wife, Portia Sales. You've probably seen her on the worship team uh, or heard her during multiple sermons saying amen. Uh, that's our family and our wonderful children. And I'm really happy to be here today to go through this uh, sermon series. We're gonna pick up where Pastor Greg left off last week, um, the end of the beginning. And the title of this particular message is, Should Paul Go? Okay. Now, back in 2014, uh, there was a serious outbreak of the Ebola virus uh, in uh, West Africa. And Dr. Kent Brentley, who was a Christian, was working there, and he actually contracted the disease. And when he contracted that disease, uh, he received treatment, and he got better. But something happened with Dr. Kent Brantley that was kind of odd. Instead of leaving West Africa, instead of leaving his ministry, he kind of did what Peter's mom did after Jesus healed her. He just hopped right back up and started serving. And he ran right back into the fire. And that's what we're going to kind of talk about today in our particular message. And there's a running theme that I want us to really pay attention to, is that just like Paul, Dr. Kent Branley did not let fear deter him from doing the will of God. He did not let fear deter him from doing the will of God. And we're going to continue on this theme of adventure. I know uh, Pastor Greg last week talked about the Goonies and how that made him want to start booby traps and different things like that. And that's kind of the fun part of the adventure. But today we're going to talk about the realities of an adventure and that it can also be very dangerous. And sometimes God sends us into the danger zones. And there's two ways that you can respond to that. Okay, there's, there's, there's a key theme that I want us to understand today. And as we go into this particular text, is that when God calls you into a dangerous adventure for the sake of the gospel, I want you to see how will you respond, okay? When God calls you, particularly into a mission or a job or something that is gonna require danger, how will you respond? And we're gonna see that there's a common theme throughout this text. There's two responses. Either you can respond in faith or you can respond in fear. I'll say that again. When God calls us, possibly on an adventure that's going to lead us to danger, there's two responses that the Christian can have. And one of those responses is faith in God, faith that I can do all things through Christ, faith that he will keep me, faith that I understand that this is God's will for my life or fear. And that fear can sometimes keep us from doing what we know God has called us to do. So we're gonna pick up with the Apostle Paul and he's on his journey to Jerusalem. And in this journey to Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit has warned Paul that when he gets there, he's going to face danger. Now, what did Paul do? Did Paul run? No, he didn't run. Did Paul quiver away? No. He ran headlong into what it is that God has called him to do and what the will of God was for his life. So there's a proper way to respond when God calls us and there's an improper way for us to respond. And we're going to see that through today's text. And today's text is Acts 21, 1 through 17. I know you're looking at that large chunk of scripture and you're thinking I'm going to walk you through all of that. No, we're going to hit a couple of key passages within that particular uh, scripture. And then we're going to see these uh, kind of recurrent themes of fear 
and faith. So what we see here in Acts 21.4, uh, uh, chapter uh, 3, uh, chapter 21, verse 3, uh, what we see is it says, when, he, when we came in sight of Cyprus, leaving it on the left, we kept sailing to Syria and landed in Tyre, for there the ship was to unload its cargo. Now we're going to kind of focus on this verse here, 21 and 4 where it says, after looking up the disciples, we stayed there seven days and they kept telling Paul through the spirit not to set foot in Jerusalem. This gets us to our first point, which is we're not called to shy away from danger, but to be obedient to God's will for our lives. Now, you might be thinking that there's kind of a contradiction here because it says that the spirit warned them and told them to urge Paul not to go to Jerusalem. But what we see is that what the Spirit did was the Spirit revealed to the disciples their entire that there was danger awaiting Paul. OK, that there was danger awaiting Paul in Jerusalem. And what they wanted to do was to, to help Paul shy away from that danger. And what we see is that what they began to do is they kept telling Paul through the Spirit not to set foot there. And the thing about Paul is Paul is not going to be disobedient to the Spirit of God. He's actually going to do exactly what the spirit has called him to do, which is to go to Jerusalem. So we're going to go back really quickly to Acts chapter 20, and I'm going to read to you verses 22 through 24. And it says, and now behold, bound in spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. So what we see here is not a contradiction in the spirit. What we see is actually confirmation. We see that the Holy Spirit revealed to the disciples entire that, yes, there will be danger awaiting Paul. And again, to go back to our original theme is there's two ways that you can respond to this danger. One is through fear and the other is through faith. And what we see here is that Paul responded in faith and the disciples responded in fear. And the faith is going to help Paul continue to do what God has called him to do, okay? And what we see here also is that they tried to dissuade Paul for a full week. It's a long time. It's a long time, but Paul was resolute in doing the will of God. Paul did not care that they were saddened at what was going to happen to him. Paul knew that this was something that God revealed to me. And because I know that God revealed it to me and confirmed it in you, that I am resolute in doing what the will of God is for my life. So again, there's two ways that you can respond here. One is in fear and one is in faith. So we are not called to shy away from the danger, but to be obedient to God's will for our lives. And the thing about it is, we love that the Holy Spirit revealed to them the danger because that's confirmation. But we also have to see that the disciples entire, they were only privy to part of the plan of God. All that they saw was the danger. They didn't see what God had planned for Paul for being obedient and actually going. So within that time frame, within that danger, with them seeing what God had for Paul, they only saw a part of it. They didn't see the whole thing. But God always sees the whole thing. He sees the entire picture. And it was for Paul being in faith, going after exactly what it is that God called him to go after he was obedient. So the next thing that I want us to see is that sometimes when the Lord reveals to us something that he has also revealed to someone else, that 
we can be too concerned with safety and not with the will of God. Sometimes we can be too concerned with our own safety and not concerned enough with following after God's will. And that's what we see here. And that leads us to the next point, which is we are not called to be safe, but to live by faith. I try to have my uh, my points rhyme a little bit. So we're not called to be safe, but we're called to live by faith. And what I want us to see as a church is sometimes we have grown too accustomed to seeking after our own safety instead of seeking after the will of God. And sometimes God's will might very well lead us into some uncomfortable situations. But that does not mean that it is not God's will for our lives. We have to be okay with understanding that sometimes we're not going to be called to safety, but we're going to be called to live by faith wherever that might take us. And in Paul's case, it was taking him to Jerusalem. And in Paul's case, it was, in fact, taking him to danger. But that does not mean that that was not the will of God for his life. Sometimes. Yeah, I, I got to have my uh, my napkin. I'm not used to all the bright lights and everything like that, but but it's perfectly, perfectly fine. Uh, bear with me. But sometimes because we are so concerned about our safety, many of our prayers are concerned for our own comforts. Many of our prayers are, are a concern for our own safety, our own well-being. And what we have to understand is that those who live by faith and not by fear understand that where God may lead them will not always result in their comfort. They forgot that Paul wrote this, wrote this epistle. He says, for to you has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. That sometimes we're called to suffer for the sake of the gospel. And Paul understood that. And when dangers were revealed to him and when when the will of God was revealed to him and it, and it wasn't necessarily comfortable, he had to resolve to understand that as I do the will of God, it might very well lead me into these places. It might very well lead me into danger. But will I succumb to my fears or will I stand on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ and know that this is the will of God for my life? OK, and that leads us to. Another particular scripture that I particularly love, Hebrews chapter 11. And what we see in Hebrews chapter 11 is that there's a huge cloud of witnesses. It's called the, the hall of faith. Many people on this earth are doing a lot of things, particularly in sports, and they're trying to get into the hall of fame. But the hall of fame will pass away. But what we read in the scriptures and God's everlasting word is that there are certain people who chose faith and not fear. And because they chose faith and not fear, they've been inducted into the hall of faith. And so what we see in Hebrews 11 is is what they call a great cloud of witnesses of people who live by faith. And what we understand is that it led them into many dangers. And some of those dangers are mockings, scourgings, chains, imprisonment, stonings. Some were sawn in two. Some were tempted. Some were even put to death. Some were, be, were destitute, some were afflicted, some were ill-treated, but they all gained their approval through faith in actively pursuing the will of God for their lives. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not a gospel that will always lead to our comfort. It pushes us into the uncomfortable. It pushes us into places that, that we're not necessarily feeling too good in. But because we are being pushed and because we are being pruned by God and by his Holy Spirit, we begin to look more and more like his dear son, Jesus Christ. 
So I want to read Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. It says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. When we are not concerned with our own comfort, when we're not concerned with our own pleasure, we're able to be much like our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. But sometimes running into danger isn't everyone's call. Sometimes Running into uh, situations uh, that, that, that might require us being in a dangerous position is, is not for everyone. So that leads us to, to, the, next, to the next point. And, but the person who does not have to go into danger uh, does not have a job. There's still something that's required of you. So that leads us to our next point, which is you might not be called to pursue peril, but rather to pursue prayer. So your pursuit might not be peril. It might not be danger. But it sure is prayer, particularly for your brothers and sisters who are going into these particular dangerous situations where God has called them. Sometimes God can and will call some of our brothers and sisters. And for you parents out there, they might even call your very own children to do his bidding and through his spirit, sometimes confirm the dangers that they are going to face. But it shouldn't lead us to deter them from doing God's will. It should push us to our knees to pray that God's will be done in their lives. It shouldn't push us to to quarrel with them, to argue with them, to try to distract or detract them from doing God's will. It should push us on our knees to pray for them, to pray that they live out the calling that God has ordained for their lives before the foundation of the world. You still have a responsibility in the factor. So, yeah, you might not be the one that God has called to run into the danger, to go on the adventure. But you are called to pray for those who do. So we see in Acts 21, five through six, it says, when our days there were ended, we departed and went on our journey. And they all with wives and children accompanied us until we were outside the city and kneeling down on the beach. What did they do? We prayed. Then we went aboard the ship and they returned home. Sometimes that's all that you're called to do. Sometimes you're called to pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray for your children. Pray for them. Some people are called into into missionary work. We pray for them. And some missionary work is abroad. And some missionary work is right here in the States. We pray for them, even when we don't understand. If God has revealed to them that is his will for their lives, then we trust the sovereign. We have to understand that his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. We don't know the mind of God, but through the spirit, we can be privy to the mind of God. And we can pray for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ as they're pursuing, whether it's a career that you might not agree with. You went to school and and you learned all that to become this. Well, I feel this is where God is calling me. Then I pray for that brother and sister that they will do what God has called them to do. That I hit my knees. I might not be the one who has to go into peril, but I can be the one that's on my knees praying for my brother and sister in Christ. So now we see that Paul leaves here and he's continuing his adventure, his trek to Jerusalem, which we know 
is ultimate danger. Okay. And as Paul's journey to Jerusalem grew nearer, the Holy Spirit made the realities of his suffering clearer. I told you I'm going to have a couple of rhymes in here. It's okay. Hopefully it's okay. So the next point is when the Spirit makes his vision clearer, will you respond in faith or fear? When the Spirit makes his vision clear to you, will you respond in faith or in fear? So we're going to read Acts 21 verse 11. It says, and coming to us, Agabus took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, thus says the Holy Spirit, this is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So what we see the Spirit of God doing here is continuing to confirm Paul's mission. It's continuing to confirm what he confirmed to Paul back in Acts chapter 20. But it's getting a little bit more clear of the type of suffering that Paul is going to endure. And what we see here is, again, that that same decision. When God reveals his plan for your life, whether it's imminent danger or not, but when God reveals his plan for your life, are you going to respond in faith or are you going to respond in fear? And as we can see, whether it was Philip's daughters or whoever it was there in Caesarea, they continue to, to, to urge Paul not to go. They continue to urge Paul not to do the will of God. So what the spirit did was it revealed to Paul that this is exactly what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. Because every stop along this journey, I'm getting further and further confirmation that this is what God wants me to do. But also at every stop along this journey, I'm getting further and further um, uh, saints that are that are that are not willing to allow me to do God's will, who doesn't want me to do God's will. But again, we know our responsibility in that factor and our responsibility is to pray for those. But what they forgot about Paul is Paul was a writer. When he was a Jew, he was a writer for the Jews. And now that he's a Christian, he's a he's a writer for Christ. Paul's mind was fixed on doing God's will. And no matter what they were going to say to Paul, no matter how much they petitioned Paul not to fulfill God's will, he was resolute in doing the will of God. They forgot that he wrote this, this particular epistle, or it says, according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. We as believers have to be aware, or a word that I like to use, we have to be cognizant of not imposing our own fears of losing our lives, our own fears of losing our reputations or putting our reputations on the line, or our own fear of possibly losing our possessions upon our brothers and sisters who are just trying to do what God has called them to do. We have to be aware of those things. We have to be understanding that the way I see it is not the way God sees it. Because undoubtedly, God has called this person to fulfill a certain mission in their life. And again, that mission might lead them into danger, but I have to understand that that is God's will for them. And if that is God's will for them, and if I believe in the sovereign Lord, then his will be done. 
And it leads us to to prayer. But even in our prayers, we have to be aware. We have to be aware of checking our hearts. We have to be aware of not praying our will be done for their life, but God's will be done for their lives. So the prayers, when we are praying, this leads us to our next point is let your prayers be meant to encourage, not to discourage. Let your prayers be meant to encourage the believer, not to discourage the believer. I'm pretty sure it's already hard knowing that me doing the will of God is going to bring on danger. I I don't need you reminding me how dangerous it's going to be. I need you praying for me. I don't need you always bringing me into a a fit of anxiety because making me sometimes even think, am I supposed to be doing this? Maybe you're right. Maybe I shouldn't go. So your prayers should be prayers of encouragement or prayers to encourage your brother and sister to fulfill God's will for their lives, not to discourage them. Let's look here. Paul, at this particular moment, everywhere he's gone, the Holy Spirit has confirmed what he was supposed to do, but he was met with people telling him, don't do it. Don't go, Paul. Don't go, Paul. Listen, listen to how this affected Paul in his spirit and how it can be affecting those in our lives whose God has sent them somewhere. And instead of us praying and, and encouraging them, we're discouraging them. L- l- listen to how this is. This is Paul that's, that's writing this. He says, then Paul answered, what are you doing? Weeping and breaking my heart. Because this is something that they forgot about, Paul, for I'm ready not only to be in prison, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, what? Let the will of the Lord be done. Let the will of the Lord be done. Although oftentimes well-intended, your resistance to your brothers and sisters missions in life can can cause great heartache for them. Paul says that they were literally breaking his heart. It's already hard on me that I have to do what I know that God has called me to do. But it makes it even harder when the people that I love, the people that are to support me, the people that are to encourage me are constantly discouraging me from going to where God has called me to go. From doing the things that God has 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 confirmed over and over and over that I am to do. So we have to be praying for our brothers and sisters. And as we're praying for our brothers and sisters, we're not praying our will be done. We're praying encouragement, not discouragement. We're praying that the Lord's will be done in their lives. Because ultimately, that's all that matters. Ultimately, that's what the church is here for. To let God's will be done on earth. We're here to to love our brothers and sisters, to pray for them, to encourage them. And as they're doing the will of God, they are spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're spreading God's word. They're fulfilling the Great Commission. And how dare we sometimes allow our own personal thoughts, personal fears get in the way and possibly hinder someone from doing what God has called them to do. We have to check ourselves. We have to check our hearts. We have to understand that sometimes the will of God is not going to lead to our comfort. Sometimes the will of God is not going to lead to our prosperity. I don't, I don't even know where we got that. 
In Matthew 7, Jesus tells us, hey, it's the person who builds their foundation on the rock of Christ. That house is going to stand. But why is that house is going to stand? Why does he even have to make that analogy? It's because he says the storm came, the floods came and they beat on that house. Walking with Christ has never been the, 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 the beach house that's up and away on the mountain and everything is perfect and you get to overlook everything and it's all good. God, Christ is warning because he's saying, look, when you choose Christ, when you choose this life, perils will come. These things are going to happen. But the one that will stand is the one who built his house on the solid rock. That's what makes us different than the world. He didn't say that the person who built his house on sand, they got the same treatment. But the one who built his house on on the rock of Christ, that's the one who stands. That's the one who endures to the end. So we have to lose this mindset that doing God's will is always going to feel good. That doing God's will is always going to to bring us comfort. That doing God's will is is going to be this happy thing. It's a resolve in our heart, just like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To always do what pleases the Father, even if it means our own discomfort. In 1 Peter 4.13, it says, but rejoice that you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed at the revelation of his glory. Knowing that in this life, I got to share in the sufferings of my Lord and my Savior, that when he returns, I'm not going to run away in fear, but I'm going to rejoice because I know that I am his and he is mine. I know that the life that I lived is a life that was pleasing to God because no matter what his will was for my life, I did not shy away in fear. But I responded in faith. So let's not let our prayers lead to discouragement, but to encouragement. So that way we can look more and more like Jesus. That way we can look more and more and be confirmed and conformed more and more into the image of Christ. And what Paul understood is that hardships for the sake of the gospel brings us closer to Jesus and that we have the privilege of ultimately sharing in his sufferings. And this leads us to our last point. Our last point is being obedient to God's will for your life will ultimately make you look more like Christ. I know it rhymes, but I'm I'm trying to make it rhyme to help you remember. So again, being obedient to God's will for your life will ultimately make you look more like Christ. Paul was obedient to God's will. If we go back to Acts chapter 21 and Verse 15 through 17, it says, after these days, we got ready and started on our way up to Jerusalem. He didn't let it deter him. He was heading to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples of Caesarea also came with us because he was so resolute and doing God's will. He even convinced some of the disciples there to come alongside him to Jerusalem as well. I want to pause really quickly. For those of you who have been discouraged from doing God's will, do not be deterred. For those of you who knows God has been been telling you to do that and you've been you've been afraid, you've been scared to do what God has called you to do. Do not 
be deterred. Find comfort in knowing that you are doing the will of the sovereign of the universe. How happy is he who's in the will of God? There's no place I, I would rather be than in God's will. No matter where that's going to take me, I know that I am safe and secure in the will of the sovereign. I don't know why, but the, the spirit might have just urged me. I don't know who you are, but the, the Holy Spirit might have been urging you to do something. And all you've been been getting is opposition on all sides. Let that be your confirmation that that is God telling you to do my will. Respond in faith, saints, not in fear. And we see Paul ultimately gets there. He even convinces those who were probably his, uh, his opposers to come with him. Some of the disciples from Caesarea also came with us, taking us uh, to Nason of Cyprus, a disciple of long standing with whom we were to lodge. And look at this. It says, after we arrived in Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. We see Paul ending up where God ultimately wants him anyways, in Jerusalem. And what we see is that Paul ends up looking like Christ and that no matter who was coming to oppose him, he was going to do the will of God. Paul ends up looking like Jesus, where in the face of danger, he cements his faith in God by being obedient to God's command. Jesus also knew that by going to Jerusalem, he too was going to face his death. He was opposed by his disciples, opposed by people. He was opposed by those who were closest to him. But Jesus, Jesus did not allow that to deter him because he knew ultimately all you're seeing is a small piece of God's will. All, all, you're, all you're caught up right now on is your own comforts, Peter. Disciples, all you're doing is thinking about yourself. But if you were really thinking about yourself, you will be pushing me to Jerusalem. Because ultimately, when I go to Jerusalem, I'm securing your salvation. Imagine if Jesus would have listened to the disciples. Imagine if, if he would have allowed the fear to set in when he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, saying, Lord, not, 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 not. Is there any other way for me to do this? Is there any other way for me to, 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 to secure the salvation of your people? He knew there was no other way. And ultimately, what was his resolve? Not my will, but your will be done. What God has planned for us in this life, it's not always going to feel good. It's not always going to be the easiest road. And for those of us who are not called to that road, but we're still believers, you're, you're still in the faith. Your responsibility is to pray for those who God is sending out into those danger zones. To pray for those who adventure might not be the fun adventure. It might be the, the dangerous, grimy adventure. Pray for them. Pray for yourself. Pray for your own heart. That you won't distract those or detract those who are pursuing actively God's will for their lives. And for those of you who God has revealed to you, that you probably are one of the dangerous ones. That's, that's, a, that's a cool, that's a, I'm gonna probably make that into a t-shirt. If you're one of the dangerous ones, be resolute and choose faith in God over fear. 
because you're going to ultimately look like your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're going to ultimately bring pleasure and bring, bring happiness to the sovereign of the universe because you chose obedience. You chose faith. You chose to live the script as he has intended. And that should bring you joy. That should bring you comfort. That should help you know that I'm in the will of the sovereign one. So again, when you are faced with every decision, whatever avenue of the adventure that you're going to be on, and if you're one of those who are the dangerous ones, are you going to respond in faith? Or are you going to respond in fear? And for those of you who are saints, that the Holy Spirit might move on your heart and might reveal to you the dangers that are awaiting your brothers and sisters in Christ. Are you going to be a detractor? Or are you going to pray that God's will be done in their lives? Are you going to look inwardly? Say, why, why do I not want them to do this? Why do I want not want them? Is it because of my own comforts? Is it because of my own pride? We should be hitting our knees for those who are heading out to missions. We should be hitting our knees for those who, when we don't understand God's will for their lives, we understand that it's God who sent them. And we understand the character of our God. And we should pray for them. So for the dangerous ones, I'm going to pray for you. And for the saints, I'm going to pray for you as well. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you, Lord God, for your word. We thank you and praise you, Lord God, that you are wonderful. That the plans that you have for our lives, Lord God, vary. But your requirement for our lives are the same. Faith and obedience. And Lord God, for those who are the dangerous, we're, we're, we're praying for them, Lord God. We're praying, Lord God, that your will be done in their lives. And for those of us who are not called to be the dangerous ones, but are called to be the prayer warriors, we're asking, Lord God, that you help us move to our knees and pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Who are like Paul, pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are being sent out. Pray for them, Lord God. And not only pray for them, supply their needs, Lord God. Help us be the church that you have called us to be in these last and evil days, Lord God. Help us fulfill the great commission, Lord God. And ultimately help us look more and more like your dear son and the beautiful bride that he's waiting to come back and get. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.